Welcome to the Toxic Confidence Podcast. When she starts like popping off in the middle of an episode. No, she rarely like she rarely barks, but honestly, she's crazy little bean. (laughs) Crazy little bean. All right, we have Chloe for a second episode that is going to be so much fun. Um, we are going to talk about the worst fitness advice that people submitted that they have been given, also what we've been given as the worst fitness advice, and also any of like the myths that people told us that they've heard or myths that we have heard. So this is just more of like a fun episode and probably going to be informational for a lot of you and also just a humorous one for the rest of you. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this stuff people are going to really resonate with because it's things like, you know, is fruit bad? And everyone hears that kind of thing from day to day. And yeah, yeah, I think it's important to address it. Yeah. So, uh, Chloe, is fruit bad? (laughs) No. (laughs) We love fruit. So many micronutrients. I love fruit. And I know people are like, oh, I I think like the old school thing used to be, oh, you can't eat fruit because it's a carb or whatever. And that's another thing is like carbs are not bad for you. Gigi, honey, honey. <laughs> got a visitor. No, carbs are great for you. You know, they fuel training. Um, fruit specifically is so dense in micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, um, all super important for all of the enzymatic reactions that happen in our body on a day to day basis for us to have a healthy period, for us to have energy, be able to think, <laughs> have, you know, a lot of cognition. Yeah, no, fruit is fruit is the game yeah that was something that when I lost my period after my one prep I actually went um pescatarian Mm. and just did like pretty much pescatarian and tons and tons of fruit and I got it back in like six weeks Mm -hmm. yeah because I find like what is it what is it the bioavailability of fish it just it's easier to digest and stuff and the type of protein and all the omegas and everything in it just Mm -hmm. was what I was lacking so I just high dosed that for the few weeks that it was and worked on pretty good yeah well and depending on like the type of fish that you're having the uh, essential fatty acids are quite literally the backbone for a lot of our sex hormones so yeah if you lose your period and you're trying to get your period back and you're doing a low low fat diet that's no bueno no yeah literally not even a little bit (laughs) um in terms of yeah the carbs are bad i think that's like the biggest myth that i think so many people have debunked now Mm -hmm. finally for a long time it was like keto 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 i think that was probably not the it's one of the worst advice that I had been given was do a keto diet when mm-hmm. I was already so petite. Um, it just made me so, so lean. Like I was like a bone rack when mm-hmm. I did keto, but I was like, oh, well, I got abs. So that's it. I remember seeing a video when Brett and I went to Hawaii in like 2018 and I had like, oh my gosh, you could see the flaring like mm-hmm. in my glute. Like that's how lean I was. Yeah. Yeah, but you probably didn't see it at the time, I'm assuming. No, and yeah. now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm 20 pounds heavier than when I went there, and I love my carbs mm-hmm. now. I love my fats too, but like just the high protein, high fat alone, I could, I don't, I could not do again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I had a similar experience, you know, coming off of a bodybuilding prep that I did. I was real thin, and my whole thing when I did that prep, and I mean, I'm shorty, right? I'm five feet tall, so. I I was like, I have to be under a hundred pounds. And that was my goal. I had that stuck in my head. And so 
so when I started to see the scale inch up after that, I was so freaked out, not even associating with the fact that I was looking healthier and I was feeling better. And I immediately had this um, petrification uh, surrounding carbohydrates and adding more calories in. And, you know, it took a lot of time to undo that. So part of it was, you know, the way that I felt about seeing my body change, but also part of it was the um, inundation of media that we get that tells us, you know, really cut down your calories, restrict your carbs. All you have to do is cut out your carbs. Don't eat carbs after 8 p.m. Oh my God. Yeah. All of that kind of bull crap that's shoved down our throats. Yeah. All the time. And in terms of the don't eat your carbs or don't whatever, that's definitely the... um, goes into the whole foods are good versus foods are bad. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Again, I think that is such an emotional thing. I feel gross when I eat certain foods mm-hmm. and I feel great when I eat certain foods, but that is going to be so different for everyone. There is no thing that is like, okay, that is bad and that is good. Unless you're obviously eating like toxins, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, in our other podcast, we referenced the fact that I had a lot of food allergies growing up. Yeah. So I would eat a specific food and I would break out in hives. So I would have a literal reaction all over my body where I was covered in these big red welts. So at that period in my life, that was a (laughs) bad food for me. But you know, once I grew out of those um, allergies, and I could eat those foods again, I still had that connotation surrounding those foods where I was like, oh, these foods are so bad for me. But I didn't take into account, you know, my individual situation and how my body was reacting to those foods. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something that people don't. They'll be like, they'll eat things that they also think are good for them and Mm. then like for instance i get very inflamed when i eat sweet potatoes Mm. or not even sweet potatoes yams like Mm. the orange ones yeah the white sweet potatoes i'm fine with the orange sweet potatoes i literally look like a water buffalo if i eat them okay and like it's known as like a good food so i'm like i'll just keep them in my diet my coach wants them in my diet like Mm. whatever even though for me that is a food that does not work good for my body Mm. yeah well and that really speaks to the placebo effect which is the flip side of that as well where we can have this idea that something is bad for us and because we obsess about that food so much and we feel so guilty when we eat it we quite literally make ourselves feel sick even though we could be eating something that if we didn't attack that emotion to that food specifically we would digest it fine we wouldn't have our energy be impacted but it's the emotion associated with the consumption of that food that is actually having the impact on our body and making us feel crappy after we eat it yeah and the words you know what i mean like if we tell ourselves this is a bad food for me your your brain and your psyche doesn't know the difference between what's actually happening in your biology and Mm -hmm. what you're telling it so if you're telling it oh this is a bad food for me it's going to react as if it's a bad food for you even if it's not i know tons of people who have been like i'm allergic to this i'm allergic to this no you're not i think Mm -hmm. you only it's you only have two true food allergies in your life the Mm -hmm. rest are all high level sensitivities Mm -hmm. yeah well and also too when i think of the emotional reaction surrounding food um a lot of the time people get really really caught up in the specific fat diets that they will go into um and also like the culture surrounding these fat diets so you know you join the keto community or you join the paleo community and you are thinking that 
XYZ foods are bad. And then you have a hundred people telling you that XYZ foods are bad. Yeah. And then your social media algorithm is feeding you information telling you that all of these foods are bad and you have no reinforcement on the other side to give you that other perspective. Yeah. So it really feeds into its own narrative. Yeah. And it's so funny that you say that because that is so like to everything that goes on. The stuff you see on social media is exactly what you are only looking for. It's never going to challenge the other side or show the other side. Yeah. It only shows like what you are currently like invested in and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't trust anything I see on social media. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> yeah. If I see something come up, I'm like immediately I save it and then I go and research it later because it's so easy to see some quick little Instagram post that is completely not backed by science or any research. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're telling someone and then they're telling someone and it's just a massive spread of uh, misinformation yeah and honestly even uh majority of documents unless Mm -hmm. they are like university-backed documents with all the um texting at the end where it shows this is where i picked this up from this Mm -hmm. is where i picked this up from this is the research study even wikipedia can be edited Mm -hmm. you know so it's like you cannot trust (laughs) shit that's on literally the internet unless you go and again self-experience what makes you feel good Mm -hmm. is gonna make you feel good yeah well and even too when you're looking at you know research that's backing a supplement or a diet a lot of the time when you're looking at that research you are looking at a snippet that a company has taken to use for its marketing purposes and it's not you know the whole study for example you could be looking at a fat loss supplement and they're going to say you know we took this compound and this compound in a 12-week study showed a reduction in belly fat by 20 percent and then the part that they leave out of that study that they don't cite is the fact that it was in combination with you know lifestyle and dietary changes <laughs> literally right like they just show what's the most clickbait mm-hmm. that's going to get people attracted to what they are preaching or saying yeah well and that's the stuff that gets shared though it's the shareable snippets yeah and that's what feeds into the misinformation surrounding fad diets and all of these fitness myths that we're going to talk about it's typically things that are very shareable that people go like oh that's super interesting and then they repost it and send it to their friend and don't actually take the time to really look into it themselves digestible quick clickbait content is like the highest thing that's why certain podcasts do really well too right they Mm -hmm. clip just things that they know are going to attract people to be like oh it's controversial or oh I want to hear it but really that was nothing to do with anything's about right yeah well because then you get everyone arguing in the comments and even if that's actually not the data that they're trying to represent on their podcast they might take that small snippet that's super controversial before they say oh yeah but you know here's the really balanced lifestyle way to approach things um but that's what's get what is that is what gets shared on social media legit yeah yeah it's crazy um okay one of the big ones that was shared with the listeners is eating past a certain hour Mm, yeah yeah it's bullshit (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah so i mean i think all of our answers are going to kind of rope back to individuality Mm -hmm. for some people if they eat past a certain hour they might not get a good sleep yeah like if i eat certain things past a certain hour i have a hard time falling asleep Mm -hmm. and even with my aura ring like if i drink Mm -hmm. before i go to sleep even 
any sort of liquor at all, I mm. don't get into REM sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's so individual to every single person, but I don't think there's like a, oh my gosh, you have to cut it off at whatever. Although I do think when you're trying to help people get into certain I guess dietary things. I know a Mm. lot of people have used that don't eat past 6 p.m. or like only eat in your eating window Mm. is like a technique to try and get people to lose weight. But Mm. I don't think that really works because, again, it's that restrictive thing. And that's when you go into binging because you're Mm. told you can't have it during these hours. Yeah. And I want to highlight the word that you said there is technique. It is a tool. It's not a rule. Yeah. Um, And I think that that applies to a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today in that, you know, you can say to yourself, hey, I'm going to cut my food off around 7 p.m. because I find that typically I'm not hungry after 7 p.m. and I'm really bored and that's when I tend to snack. So that might be a lifestyle change that you make for yourself. Yeah. But I think it's important to distinguish between the fact that if you eat after 7 p.m., it's not the carbs and it's not the, you know, extra sugar that you're consuming that is going to cause you to gain fat. Um, It's the fact that you are maybe eating when your body doesn't need fuel, you're not expending any energy, you're going over your calories, then you're not getting, you know, a good sleep because you're feeling restless and you're digesting your food while you're sleeping and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But for some people, you know, if they eat carbohydrates before they go to bed, that might make them have a really great sleep Mm -hmm. and they might get more deep sleep if they do that. So again, it's so individual. So individual. Mm -hmm. But that is one that I feel like is like the most talked about thing besides carbs are bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, lifting will make you look like a man. No. <laughs> yeah, we just don't, as, as females, yeah, we don't have enough testosterone to to make us bulk up. Like, I wish people who gave that advice actually lived in a woman's body and lifted for years and years and years. Because typically I find it's men who are giving that advice. And it takes a substantial amount of time and energy and effort to build muscle. Um, There's no way that if you lift heavy or if you lift weights at all, for that matter, for 12 weeks that you were going to bulk up and grow. It's actually extremely difficult and kind of insulting to the effort that it takes to people who have a substantial amount of muscle mass to hear that. It it took me five years to put on 20 pounds, Mm -hmm. five years to put on 20 pounds. And I look more feminine Mm -hmm. than I ever have before. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I find that when I, sorry, I found when I started to lift heavy weights and focus less on, um, just trying to burn and burn and burn and exercise all of my calories away. That's when my body actually started to take the shape that I liked Yeah. rather than me just being skinny, Mm -hmm. which is not the look that I personally was looking for on my fitness journey. Yeah. No, I, to- I totally agree with you. It wasn't until I started resting more as well that mm-hmm. my muscle would maintain and mm-hmm. stay instead of I, w- I would normally like eat, train so much, do so much cardio that it was like, okay, well, you're literally back into a maintenance. You're not even like putting on muscle at that point because you're burning all the calories that you what are putting into your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that really speaks to the point of what is the motivation behind the exercise that you are doing? And I find more often than not, you know, working out can be a coping mechanism and it can be the idea of keeping busy. That is what is pushing people to be in the gym so much, do so much cardio. Um, it can be a distraction. So on one hand, we might be telling ourselves, 
I'm doing this because I want to look a certain way. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, what's the underlying motivation there? Are you running from something rather than running towards something? Is it running away from a problem that is causing you to be in the gym so much? Because when you look at the research, it clearly indicates that rest is important and that it is important to not just have a bunch of junk volume in your program yeah. and go balls to the wall all yep. the time. Yep. But we tend to forget about that. <laughs> we do. And I think that also with social media, it's like that those night deep night demon lifts and like this and that and mm-hmm. training for hours is like very like popular in the narrative right now. And it's like, you still need to rest. If you have like emotional problems, mm-hmm. I do believe that going or for instance, stress, like I actually listened to a podcast with a psychologist and she said to like, end the cycle of anxiety or stress mm-hmm. you need to close it right so by going and doing like something like an activity or whatever it helps close that cycle mm-hmm. instead of if you just lull 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 but you can close that cycle with meditation you can close that mm-hmm. cycle with rest you can do it in so many different ways but people think they're like yeah they're gonna go battle their demons in the gym and it's like yeah. <sighs> meditate go see a therapist why not or both Yeah, well, and speaking specifically to stress as well, everything that is a stressor on our body has an impact and feeds into that bucket of stress. So even if training on one hand might be beneficial for your mental health, if you're also going into the gym and you're tearing up the weights and you're not allowing your body to recover in the meantime, that can be just as stressful on your body as having a blowout with your partner as, Mm. you know, getting fired from your job like your body doesn't distinguish between the differences of stress no it it just sees it as one exactly yeah um another one here cardio is the only thing you need to do to lose weight yeah it's so funny because i feel like that really feeds off the last point that we were talking about you know um uh cardio is the only thing you need to do to lose weight it's just so closed-minded and i wish that like diet was a part of that conversation yeah when you talk about that point or just like and like that's the thing too is like people are like oh calories in versus calories out 100 percent. it is 100 percent calories in versus calories out but the way that you get those calories in and calories out can be so different for every single person Mm -hmm. but you don't have to just do cardio or just do diet or just do hit training or just do this right like you can have a combination of things Mm -hmm. yeah well it's also about like what is maintainable for you you know you could go to the gym and you could do cardio for seven days a week and that might work for a period of time but the thing with cardio is that it uh causes a metabolic adaptation our body is trying to be as efficient as possible so if the stimulus that you are sending to it is saying hey we want you to be good at cardio you're going to start getting better at cardio but you're also going to burn less calories doing the same amount of cardio that you did you know four weeks in the future than you did today um cardio is again a stressor on the bar on the body so it's like could you get that calorie burn in doing something that is less stressful like walking um and then cardio is also training your body to get rid of expensive tissue so if you don't have the stimulus from weight training when you're doing cardio 
your body is going to try and get rid of the most costly tissue, which is muscle mass. Mm. So if you want to change your body really quickly, you could implement in a high amount of cardio, but it's not necessarily probably going to be the body that you are looking to achieve because you're going to lose your muscle mass in the meantime. And also this kind of ties back into our last episode that we did together too, that weight Mm. is completely different for every single person, right? Like you might want to, you know, change people always say, I want to lose weight to go on vacation. Well, Mm -hmm. no, do you you just want to change your body composition to look a different way? Mm -hmm. You don't technically have to lose weight to even do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's interesting too, because I think that personally for me, like I can speak to my experience, it has always been easier for me to implement in more cardio into my lifestyle than it has been to stick to a very regimented diet. Mm. But with that being said, it is way easier to eat back your calories that you burn off in your cardio sessions than it is to work them off. Mm. So, you know, you might be somebody who wants to have a higher amount of cardio in your lifestyle because you enjoy it and it makes you feel really good. Um, But at the same time, your diet still needs to reflect the goals that you want to achieve. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. One of the listeners asked a question about protein, but I do not know the answer to it. And I'm not so I'm not going to speak on it. But there was a different um, I will talk about one of the worst advice I had been given in terms of protein then. So I had a boyfriend in high school or maybe the year or just after I dated dated oh my god graduated high school Mm -hmm. and he was like you need to set alarms on your phone and I would wake up in the middle of the night and drink a fucking protein shake oh my gosh and I don't know if people know this but if you add water to the protein shake and let it sit there it completely wrecks the chemicals and everything or not the chemical the the chemical balance Mm -hmm. or like the everything that's in it gets yeah. wrecked if it's just sitting in the container yeah. like also think if you leave a protein shake like even for a day and you like smell it like <laughs> it's awful right i'm having flashbacks obviously there's like high quality proteins that don't do that but at the time i was not taking them at all yeah. um so yeah that was like one of the worst advice i had been given another listener had asked though what is the best type of protein for building muscle I don't know if there is a best type of protein. If she's asking in terms of like protein powder, Mm. find one that works for you. Mm. You know what I mean? There's protein powders that have carbs in them. There's protein powders that have like additives in them to help you bulk, bulk up. Mm. Um, I like the ATP labs protein the best. It's my favorite. It gives me no reaction Mm -hmm. for my skin or my stomach. And it's like this beautiful dark chocolate flavor. And I love it. I'm Mm -hmm. not sponsored by them. I'm sponsored by HD and there's a discount code with them, but I prefer the ATP labs protein Mm -hmm. the best. And then in terms of protein proteins, again, it's something that like food culture and finding what works for you is so different. Like I find that red meat works for me when I'm certain parts of my hormone cycle with my period, you Mm -hmm. know, and other parts of my cycle, I like different types of protein, you know, and it just, you got to find what works for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many things to unpack there. I definitely feel like when it comes to protein, I resonate with that. Like it's really important to find what works for you. 
Personally, I think that there are a couple of different things to look for in a protein supplement. One being that you want a complete amino acid profile. Like if you're going to go the supplement route, that's super, super important. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're looking at a jar of protein or tub, however we want to call it, you want to be looking that it says it has a complete amino acid profile. Um, You can also look for different types of protein. So say, for example, somebody says, what's the best protein for me? And you're speaking to a vegetarian, sorry, a vegan, you're not going to recommend them a whey protein powder. Yeah. You know, that might be the best thing for Sally. (laughs) It's not the best thing for Lucy because Lucy doesn't eat animal byproducts, right? Yeah. But um, you might be talking to another person and they might have a lot of issues digesting um, lactose. So even like a whey concentrate for them might not be the option. So, so much individuality, but you said a really, really great point there in that you change the foods that you eat surrounding your cycle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important to touch upon because at different points in our cycle, we need different nutrients. Mm -hmm. So for example, when you are in your follicular phase, right after you finish your period, you are going to need more iron because you've just bled extensively. So that might be the point in your cycle where you're looking at red meat as Mm -hmm. your main source of protein versus when you're in your luteal phase, that might be less important to you because your iron is at the adequate (laughs) needs that it needs to be, right? So you can be maybe a little bit more flexible with your options. Yeah, I love that. And I I like, um, we did, Amy and I did a podcast about cyclical living, right? Like living around your cycle and stuff. And it's so crazy that there's so many things that I was just naturally doing. And I'm like, oh my God, it actually all makes sense now that there's been like a title to it. And we've discussed how like my life works. Um, But yeah, I think like also training, Mm. that's another thing. You do not need to train all the time. That all or nothing mindset, like is 99.9% not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially like as a woman, like we talked um, earlier before we hopped on here, you are bleeding Mm -hmm. when you have your period. You do not have to go and train at the the gym at that time. It's not going to be beneficial to you. Yeah. Well, and it's actually really sad when you think about it, that there's this idea that we have to push, push, push. And it brings about the question, what are we trying to prove mm-hmm. by going in the gym and smashing the weights out or doing that high intensity exercise when we don't feel well? And it is this um, it's this idea that we need to shut down our biological cues as women and not listen to our body. But even men like Brett will be like, I kind of have a headache, but mm-hmm. I think I should still go to the gym. I'm like, no, you shouldn't yeah. just drink more water and sit at home. Like <laughs> yeah. you do not have you're not going to. That's another thing. Another myth. You're going to lose your progress if you don't go. Mm-hmm. No, I've made more progress when I've like listen to my body and sat on my ass when I need to sit on my ass mm-hmm. then I do pushing 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 yeah well because it brings um the question of how effective is your training session going to be if you go to the gym and you aren't pushing yourself mm-hmm. I mean if your goal is to build muscle you should be pushing yourself hard when you're in the gym when you are training but if you are just going to the gym because you know you want to feel better you want to get a sweat on that's like a totally different 
um, scenario to even talk about. But like if you are trying to build muscle and you're going to go to the gym and you are going to half ass a session, why are you there? Yeah. You were better off taking a rest day and having that conversation with yourself and allowing your body to rest and then going and hitting it hard the next day. Yeah. And I've actually had that conversation with my trainer because our um, sessions were always on Mondays and Wednesdays. And I was like, I actually think I want to do just mobility sessions on Mondays because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more beneficial to me because I don't start my week on a Monday. Yeah. Monday for me is like, I just, Mondays and I don't hang. Yeah. We just, we don't. Yeah. So like for me to go and like stretch and just like get my flexibility and then I'm ready and mobile for my whole week of the rest of my sessions mm-hmm. is super beneficial for me. Um, touching on a point there. Oh my gosh. I might forget it. Oh, you had said something about training in oh Kendra you should have stopped her when you were there (laughs) (laughs) that's okay you made a really good point there where you were talking about when you start your week and I think that that really speaks to this idea of like the nine to five. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like you might work on the weekend. So what works for you is different for someone else. But it's this concept that, you know, we are all the exact same every single day. And I work with primarily women in my business. And I always try and hammer the idea into my client's head that we are not the same person every single day. Our hormones change. Our digestion might be different at different points in our cycle. So it's so important to honor that. And for example, if you don't work the nine to five, if you have a different schedule, you don't have to have Monday be your fresh start day of the week. Because at the end of the day, like it's just an accumulation of days. Like yeah. who decided that Monday had yeah. to be the who start, decided of everything? start of the week? Yeah. So, okay. Those are the two points. I remember you guys. I remember. <laughs> um, so the one was for me, like if my nutrition is not in check, like if I haven't eaten my meals, I'm not going to go and force myself to go and do a session because I know I'm not going to be as full out as mm. I need to be. Mm. Um, and the second thing was, is you don't need to get up at 5am to be successful. Yes. Oh yes. Thank you. <laughs> I've never gotten up at 5 Mm a.m. except to be like to go to the airport (laughs) (laughs) when I'm going to Mexico. (laughs) Like I am not getting up at 5 a.m. Otherwise, I found like and also what is it? There's something about your short term memory. It is only like you can it's only available for 30 minute sessions or something. I know um, at my letter, someone did a podcast about it. And if Mm -hmm. I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But your short-term mindset, I think the longest part of it is 30 minutes up to four hours or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that long that you can do something over and over and actively, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, why do you need all of these hours in the day? If you're stressed about time, try and delegate someone to do something else for you because... You don't have to get up at five to make the whole day work. No, absolutely not. If you like getting up at five, Mm. that's amazing. Yeah. But if you're dragging your ass for those first three hours and you're like, I should have got up at eight. Why the (laughs) fuck are you not getting up at eight? Yeah. You know when I'm the most productive is when I've actually slept and had a full eight hours. If I decided that I was going to get up at five every single day just to fulfill this weird desire to think that I was productive because I was getting up at a certain time, I would never 
get all the things I need to get done in a day. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, sometimes I will naturally wake up at five because I go to bed early now yeah, and I get yeah. eight hours of sleep in. Yeah. But if I'm going to bed at midnight, there's no way I'm waking up at 5 a.m. No. Unless I have to, you know, be awake for some reason to finish last minute homework before class that I didn't do. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm the same way and I just like I need my sleep. And I like my sleep. Mm -hmm. And just because other people are doing things does not mean that you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Like the 5 a.m. club thing. That's amazing. That works for those those people. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And same with like the 75 hard challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's attainable for some people, but also like, I'm sorry, if you like live in Alberta and you're going to go do a 45 minute outdoor workout in minus 30 like you're gonna give your you're gonna make yourself sick like what are you doing oh yeah and even if it's maintainable or attainable it doesn't mean that it's maintainable yes so you can maybe do 75 hard for 75 days but what are you going to do after that? What does your life look like? And are you going to be able to keep up with that lifestyle? And if you can't, what is the point of doing it in the first place? Yeah. And I think that that's a huge, huge thing is like, if you can't keep up with it, you don't feel like it's something that is going to work for you. Um, then you talk to the person that you're, you know, working with or have that inner self-talk where you're like, this isn't going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. So what should I do instead? Mm -hmm. That was the thing that I remembered. Homeostasis. Mm -hmm. Your body wants to be in balance. Like that is the goal Mm -hmm. of the human body. So if you are feeling a certain way and you're going and pushing yourself in the gym and now you're feeling X times more Mm -hmm. that certain way, you are defeating the purpose of the human body, which is to feel in balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and especially too, if your routine is impacting your health in a negative way, just to follow some sort of arbitrary routine, again, it's not going to work for you. Like I find a lot of um, people I have worked with have said, you know, I want to get in a morning workout because I want to get it done before my day starts, but they don't have the time to, for example, eat before they train. Mm. So then you have a scenario where they're waking up early. The first thing that they're doing is chugging a pre-workout and then they're going to go and they're going to do a 45 minute ass to the grass workout in the gym. And also the get it done mindset because you have other things going on. I find if I'm in like a rush Mm -hmm. or something like that, instantly my workouts are not as good because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about all these other things that aren't work like for my session yeah well and that's how you hurt yourself and also set yourself up for a blood sugar roller coaster the rest of the day and then even if you got in that 5 a.m workout congratulations but by 4 p.m you've decided that you want to eat three donuts because your body is (laughs) starving and you're stressed out and your cortisol has started this roller coaster of your blood sugar where then it tanks and you just need really quick sugar to pick yourself back up off the floor so again it begs the question why did you need to work out at 5 a.m because now you're only hurting yourself in the process of doing that yeah rather than getting the results that you were looking for yeah like you could train while you're during your donut time instead just flip flip the script you know (laughs) eat a donut and then go train yeah you got some pre-workout carbs there we go it's all about balance yeah Honestly, those, I think those would be like the top, 
the top miss or bad advice that I've been given is that you have to do it the same as everyone else because everyone else is doing it, you know, and then just not listening to my body. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important when you are starting out a fitness journey or really when you're exploring behavior change in any facet to take space to connect with yourself first. Because once we start this trajectory of disconnecting from our body and not listening to the signals when they come up, that's when we start to go down that path of getting ourselves to the bottom of the hole and not understanding how we got there. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's all about figuring out what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all comes back to individuality. It does. Everything comes back to individuality. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we are going to end that there. I am so thankful that you were able to come out and film these episodes with me. Um, And Chloe is going to be back when she's finished all her schooling too. Just give us a different perspective on uh, everything that she's going to be learning and specializing in, which is so cool. And I'm so, so proud of her. Thank you. (laughs) No, thanks for having me here. This has been so fun and such a privilege. And, you know, like we talked about in the last podcast, if one person can listen to this and it sets them on the right path and just allows them to connect with themselves on a deeper level, hey, I feel good. I feel happy. 100%. Me too. As always, everything will be tagged in the show notes. And if you have any topics, questions, suggestions, or anything that you want to hear on the Toxic Confidence podcast, please feel free to shoot me a message at any time.